0: You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. C.S. Lewis This episode contains discussions of eating disorders, sexual assault, and the depiction of traumatic events. Listener discretion is advised. To avoid this content, please skip to the 11-minute mark. You're listening to Written, a podcast of anonymous letters written by you Read by me. Dear Uncle Ben, You're in jail now. I hope you're comfortable there. You're not leaving anytime soon. It's so sad you had to go and screw up your life. But what's sadder is you had to ruin mine on your way. What happened to you? You used to be everyone's favorite Uncle Ben. You used to take us all out for ice cream, bring us to cool parks and places. I remember you helping me plant flowers and pulling weeds out with my mom. You love flowers. I remember you getting the best birthday presents for us, playing with us for countless hours, reading never-ending books, giving the best and biggest and most cuddly bear hugs ever. You made us feel so good about ourselves. So why the hell did you go and ruin everything? We loved you. Hell, I loved you. I trusted you. It would have never even crossed my mind that you would do such a sick, twisted thing. You're locked up because of yourself, not because of me. That's something I'm working on understanding. Because as much as I can say I hate you now, And I do, I hate you. I also feel so sorry for you. I don't know what you were thinking in that moment, and I'll die happy if I never got close enough to you again to ask you why you did the things you did. But I'm sure you feel terrible about it. My heart was torn to shreds, so as the perpetrator, if you have a heart, I'm sure it's twisted in guilt and pain. You aren't an evil man, I really don't think you are. You just did an evil thing. I've done things I'm not proud of, but it's no big flex to say that I'm not a rapist. And if I feel remorse for small mistakes like stealing quarters from my mom, how much more so do you feel that powerful pain? You might have stolen my innocence, robbed me of my youth, left me with issues, disorders, and hospital bills, hurt me physically, and left me numb emotionally but you also taught me things I can never unlearn. I learned to never trust, to sit on the edge of my chair, always ready to run for my life. You were the prompt for my karate journey, and it's because of you I teach self-defense now. I teach girls who were my age when you hurt me how to use the attacker's force to push them off when they try pinning you down. I'll never forget the way you held me down in the classic method of pushing hard on the soft tissue and specific vein in my wrists to make my hand go limp for a little. I still feel your fingers on my wrist and your drunk breath over me, distorting me of all my senses. Uncle Ben, I was so confused, so lost and ashamed. Why? Why, why, why? I hate you. Yet I'm also so sorry. I'm learning to forgive you now. My therapist says it's not a one-and-done deal, but a constant state. I might not be able to forgive you yet, but I've forgiven myself. And I do know that no amount of repeating, I forgive, will take away the panic attacks, the flashbacks, the loss of control, the PTSD, the freezing up, the automatic intense flinch when I hear your name or hear your voice in some old video and instinctively standing up and holding the door handle, ready to run whenever I'm left alone with a man. I wished I could forgive you, and I repressed it all until an explosion in the mass and vast forms of self-hatred, trauma disorders, self-harm and abuse, emotional captivity and mental release of emotions, in one big volcano came catapulting out. You must be so, so ashamed of yourself. You deserve it, honestly. Jail's too good for you. To the man who called me greedy. You probably have a complicated relationship with food and greed yourself. Or women, I can't be sure. But what you said to me that day affected me more than you could comprehend. I wasn't expecting it, having come so far with my relationship to food over the last five years. It was the morning of a three-day conference, and breakfast was being served at a food stall in the middle of the room. It was a choice between sugary pastries or a bacon and egg rolls. Since the food was free, it meant joining a queue, heaving with hungover bodies, hankering to line their stomachs for the long day ahead. Standing in line for food for that length of time can be difficult for people like me. I started scrutinizing the white bread rolls and analyzing the bacon streaks. I debated back and forth whether I wanted egg or bacon in my roll. Egg is healthier but it didn't look so appetizing. The bacon looked delicious, but my inner voice screamed about the dripping fat and empty calories. I had a big day ahead. Maybe if I get both, I won't have to buy lunch or dinner later. It was free after all. I tried to justify it in my mind. It could be a treat to myself for worrying about food less these days. But would I enjoy it? Would it even taste good? Why wasn't there something healthier on offer? Porridge, fruit, even granola would eliminate this conflict. Oh god, I forgot how strenuous it was having this relentless food-gilted chatter in my brain again. I saw someone ordering both egg and bacon. It looked good. I was nearing the front of the line and could see that you were stressed. Splashes of sweat lined your forehead mirroring the condensation dripping from the stainless steel serving trays you were leaning over. You barked at the next person in line to tell you what they wanted. A young woman was helping you. There was terror in her eyes as you spoke to people in such a demeaning tone. Overwhelmed by your domineering physical and verbal occupation of the small space you shared, she quietly did as she was told. Egg and bacon, please, I requested, politely. What's wrong with you people? You can have eggs or bacon, not both, you yelled in my face. Suddenly, you began aggressively loading mountains of egg into a roll. You crammed three slices of bacon in two, despite there being no room. You were making a point, an example of me, in front of everyone. I was your public execution for a crime that ordinarily others walked away from. The roll was monstrous and heaving, dripping between your fingers. You shoved it into my astounded hands. Your assistant looked appalled. We exchanged eye contact, both helpless in your tyrannical explosion. It's just pure greed, you growled. Your words took away mine. I couldn't speak. Now, I wanted nothing less than to eat a bacon and egg roll. Panicking, I turned to the people waiting behind me and offered it to them. They said no. I walked away with the roll in my hands. It seemed so heavy, filled with calories, guilt, embarrassment, and deep, deep shame. Shame I hadn't felt in years. How could you make me feel like that, after all my years of hard work? You didn't know I used to have an eating disorder. But you should know better than to tell a young woman, or anyone frankly, that they're greedy, to make an example of them and humiliate them in front of peers and strangers. I want you to know that food is not straightforward for some people. He wouldn't have said that to me if I looked thinner. I must look fat and disgusting. Am I greedy for asking for both? The familiar and pervasive rhetoric raced through my mind. I could not eat it, and I really, really hate to waste food. I walked over to a bin and slowly dropped it in. It felt painful, but I had no choice. I didn't want to eat now, or for the rest of the day, or ever again. I was a fat, greedy, pig of a person. How could I feel the deserving of both egg and bacon? The universe had cruelly corrected me for being so complacent. I deserved nothing. I fought back tears, so disappointed that I could feel like this again, that you could make me feel like this. I composed myself and decided to tell the event organizers about your rudeness. I did not want it happening to someone else. I found a lady who worked for the conference and told her what had happened. She was so kind and supportive. She apologized, hugged me, offered me a seat comforted me through my unrestrainable tears and empathized with my reaction. She told me you would be spoken to. I felt lighter, empowered, but hungry. I don't know if you were ever spoken to, or ever realized what the impact of your words were, but I want you to know that while you may have ruined my breakfast, you cannot ruin my recovery. to the one who deserves a whole ton of happiness and a smile on their face. I know how words can sometimes change nothing at all, as they enter your head aimlessly without much meaning and leave your ears untouched. But I also know how much you need these words right now to assure you that everything will be fine. And I hope in one way or another, these words will make you feel better and serve as a daily reminder that you will be fine tomorrow, the day after, and any time in the future. I know you're hurting. I know there are a lot of things out there that just seem to be testing your might and your will to end it all. I've been in your shoes a few times before, too, and the fact that you are still fighting? You are strong. I know you probably won't listen to this, or ever hear it, Or you might want to tell me that I don't really understand. But I believe you are strong. You're absolutely beautiful and don't give up. There are always people around who care. They can only hope you'll let them in and really take in how much they care for you. I want to say that taking care of yourself is a right that you have, a duty that you have. It's you and then anyone else, but only then This is not selfish. This is having some spirit of self-preservation. This is wanting to feel good, to feel yourself at your 100%. And people that make you feel like you should be ashamed of taking care of yourself instead of giving them attention are not worthy of your love and energy. You matter and you're going to be okay.